Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we start a new month here in October, continuing the Halloween extravaganza month. And you can even say it's a new beginning for the Retro Blood. You know what I mean? What you did there. You like what I did there? Because mm-hmm. we are continuing the Friday the 13th 1980 series. Here on the Retro Blood. You all thought it was over last month. Ha <laughs> ha. You thought it was over with the final installment? Well, we tricked you, brother. Because we are back and it's a new beginning. If you are like uh, 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 troubled teens who like to have sex and get killed really quick. If you are like cocaine. If you are like weed. A lot of weed, a lot of weed, a lot of weed, a lot of cocaine. All right. If you like Jason with the blue mask. All right. If you like Tommy uh, disappearing a lot in the film and showing up at the end. This is the review for you, brother, because the Retro Blood is talking all about Friday the 13th, Part 5. A new beginning. Jay Austin, James Klein, what's up? What's up, Allison? How do you feel about this new beginning? It's October. We are here, brother. What's happening? Well, uh, you know, man, you know how I, that I love troubled teens who like to have sex. So I'm yeah. all about... And I cocaine, too, and weed. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, make sure, sure you add that. Um, yeah, to add that in, yeah. Um, so, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie before. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if I'd ever watched it. I mean, I knew about it, but I don't know if I ever watched it before. Um, but this movie, in my opinion, is way better than its reputation. Yes. I'll give, I'll give them that, too, because, you know, this one is is like the... I wouldn't say it's like the bastard child of the whole Friday the 13th series because, you know, if you get past the 80s and you do that X one, you know, it's a little rough. But this one at the time, you know, wasn't the, uh, it wasn't looked upon fondly, but it wasn't a bad movie though. It actually had a lot of cool parts to it that I thought that was really yeah. fun. Um, there, You know, there's a lot of backstory that we're going to talk about in this film, you know, why it was made and what the original title was and how they kind of tricked all the actors <laughs> into the uh, into making this movie as well, too. But, you know, I can see where people were like, okay, you know, this one is, we're trying to take it in a new direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. It necessarily didn't work for a Friday the 13th film. That's why, like, later on, you know, we go back to the more t- traditional format. But I thought for this standalone style movie, I thought it was fine. I, I actually... There's like a, a little soft spot I have for this movie. Like like you were saying, and I agree with you, it, it gets a bad rap, but I don't think it's as bad as people are saying. 
No, it's definitely not. And um, it's kind of the last, in my opinion, it's the last real Friday the 13th movie. Well, brother, we haven't even got to number six yet. (laughs) No, but so when I say that, what I mean is, to me, the Friday the 13th movies are gritty and grimy and just kind of dirty. And you get that from one, two, even three and four still have that dark, you know, Jason is a serial killer, um, scary kind of vibe. It's not, we're, we're not pulling for Jason yet. And that's, that's what I think. Like I've mentioned this before during when we did the nightmare movies or the Freddy movies, as people call them, um, that at some point the killer the bad guy of the movie becomes so popular that he becomes the hero and people start pulling for him and that's when it just becomes bullshit to me and that would happen in in friday 13th part six but here people are still scared of jason and that's why i say it's the last real friday movie well yeah but then again we got a swerve though we do have a swerve was it really jason i don't know we'll see We'll we'll see. We'll we'll find out. We'll see when we get there, brother. Yeah. All of a sudden, you don't want to spoil the ending for people, but okay. Yeah. I only spoil it sometimes. (laughs) It depends what mood I am. So I'm not drinking beer on the podcast. Usually, when I drink beer, I just spoil everything. But right now, I'm just doing. I'm doing. I'm being my best white girl, and I'm having a pumpkin spice coffee. Oh, look at you! It's the season, man. It's October. You know what I mean? You got the pumpkin spice. You're such a such a basic white girl. Am I the, uh, uh, I'm like, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Robin. You know what I mean? From, yeah. from, from this film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she seemed like the basic white girl. And I had this, this, you know, the, I, I wanted, I, I, I got the pumpkin spice, but the only thing that was flirting on me was, uh, was it, uh, uh apple spice, spice or something like our boy Jake yeah. was flirting on her. All right. You like that? Jesus Pumpkin spice. What the fuck's wrong? What what has happened to you, bro? It's good shit, man. I like it. <laughs> but you know, I don't like pumpkin okay. pie at all. But I like pumpkin spice drinks and I like pumpkin spice mm-hmm. donuts. All right, that's my that's my white girl for the for the day. All right, all right fine. So we got a lot to talk about. Like, we do. There's a ton going on around this time in metal mm-hmm. and the wrestling and what's going on with this movie too. And it's it, once I talk about the wrestling stuff, it really put my mind in perspective of like just how crazy this is and i'll I'll talk about here in a second but you know like every retro blood we talk about what's going on in the world of pro wrestling and the metal music the reason we do that is because they all mix together usually if you're a fan you like metal you like pro wrestling you're definitely gonna like horror movies so they, they all mix together that's why we do that here on this podcast brother we like to create a whole weekend for everybody and so this movie was released one year after the final installment, brother. So, you know, we had the final Jason ever. And then one year later, we got another film, you know, because, you know, it, it kind of, you know, wrestling kind of works out, out like that, too. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, brother, I'm going to retire this year and then I'm going to be back the next. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so this one was released March 22nd, 1985. Which you, yep. if somebody's been listening to this podcast for for a while, y'all know I love the 1985 year. Not because I was born in it, because there was a lot of cool shit happening at the time. And I feel like this. We talked about this before, Allison. Is I feel like this year in pro wrestling and metal music, they really start to amp shit up. Am I correct? 
That's true. So I would say 84, 85 is when the 80s became the thing that we love about it. And it wouldn't last very long. Yeah. But, you know, like the bands that we love started getting big around this time or started, you know, coming out with music around this time. Um, and um, the wrestling start wrestling started getting really good. 85 is like the Jim Crockett year. I mean, that's like, yeah. You know, the year that they started getting huge and the and WWF, too. all the great people and the Both WWF. Um, so, yeah, so 80, 84, 85 is like banner. Those are banner years in uh, in the 80s, in my opinion. So, speaking of the WWF, I want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the wrestling that I saw. And like I said, if anybody's been watching this podcast or listening to this podcast <clears throat> for a uh, good amount of time, Y'all know I like the uh, Tuesday Night Titans uh, Vince McMahon uh, talk show. Okay, bro. Like yes. if 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 I had unlimited time and money, I would do a whole podcast series just talking about Tuesday Night Titans, and I would review every episode. All right, I it does, it's been on the back of my mind for a long time, and one day I might bite the bullet because I love these episodes. I think they're just so. Like, it's like corny, but it's also cool at the same time to me. You know what I mean? And I don't know if we yeah. all feel like that too, you know, like all of our wrestling fans on here. But I thought they're cool because like, it's like a different environment. And I feel like, I feel like something like this is like almost missing in wrestling today because I feel like I get more character development by watching this show than I do watching like Raw or some shit. You know what I mean? Well, there's no character development now. Yeah. Or like, like you I know, even tell definitely you AEW. What's happening on SmackDown. <laughs> oh well, yeah. For like an AEW yeah, collision, like, you got people on there like, "Who are you?" Like, it's like, bro, just get a talk show. Just put them. Like, we kind of have that a little bit. Like, you can watch that Hey AEW thing, but it's like, like they don't have something mm-hmm. like this. You know what I mean? Like, just give them an hour block. Just have them come on there, do a bunch of interviews. Like, I mean, I don't know if it would be popular or not. Nowadays, I just don't know because we have like podcasts now. They, you know, back in the day here, like this is like if you watch this, you would actually see these guys speak. You know, you, I, this is just yes. a really good format for the time period. Like I know back in the day of 985, I'd definitely be a fan of this show because I like the character development in it. But, you know, before I go on a long uh, tirade about that, let's get into the show. So this aired the yes. exact day that Friday the 13th uh, New Beginning came out. March twenty second, nineteen eighty five. So we, so I might have had. Did they have VCRs back in nineteen eighty five? Yes. Okay, so I would have to record this show on my VCR and go watch this, uh, this tale of a uh, 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 Tommy, uh, uh, at the theaters. So, but we got at the opening. We have a special guest, Andre the Giant, has joined us for the program. Okay. All right. So this one is a very fun episode because this Tuesday Night Titans is one of the Tuesday Night Titans leading up to the very first WrestleMania. WrestleMania 1. Alright? Because WrestleMania 1 would happen in March 31st, 1985. And this aired March 22nd. So we're only a couple like weeks a week away. Before. Yeah, it's a week yeah. before. So we're leading up there, brother. And they are pumping this WrestleMania 1 up like heavy on the show, which they should have been. And it's crazy, like, like, rest, it, it's crazy. So, two things are crazy before I get into the review. 
So it's crazy to me to think that we're already five Friday the 13th movies deep and WrestleMania hasn't even happened yet. Yes. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. No WrestleMania. Like for yeah. like a big fan, like, you know, like I like, you know, like to mix wrestling and horror. It's like, it's crazy to think there's already five of these fucking movies before WrestleMania was even a thing. Hulkamania yep. was barely a thing. You know what I mean? So it was crazy. Yeah, cr- it's I mean, yeah. only been around a little over a year. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, fuck, that's crazy. And then it's crazy. Like, we, we definitely, one of these days, we definitely have to review the very first WrestleMania because it's so historic. Yeah. You know, it's so iconic. It definitely put, you know, put a, a big, bigger spotlight on the world of pro wrestling when this event happened. So, yes, absolutely. But so this one had Andre the Giant on here, and this was a weird interview. Okay, so, so first we, you know, so during the the Tuesday uh, Night Titans, we would so we had the guests come up, like it's kind of like a talk show, like you would see like David Letterman shit. So, mm-hmm. but we'd also go to matches, and no shit, we have Andre the Giant versus the guy that we talked about last week. Mr. I'm going to throw a fucking boulder through a window because you didn't get my my, my McDonald's order right. Ken Patera was on my screen fighting Andre the Giant. Wow. <laughs> I was like, fuck, bro. We just talked about this guy. And they were fighting. It was a good match. Like, two big guys going at it. And, like, you know, it actually wasn't, you know, there's some Andre the matches out there. But, boy, this guy is like, you know, he can barely fucking move. But th- at this time, it wasn't. this match wasn't too bad. Yeah. So the big thing um, is, I'm ass- oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I'm assuming Kim Patera got out of jail from throwing the rock through the McDonald's window. No, 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 no. This is before. Remember, he he got he got the incident happened in 1984, but remember he didn't yeah. get charged until later 1985. So oh, okay, so, so he still hasn't been charged. Yeah, yet. he still hasn't okay, been charged yet. So I'm 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 not exactly sure which exact month in 1985 he got charged from, but it had to be after the WrestleMania. I'm I'm guessing it was around April or May. Of when he actually got charged for it. So okay. So yeah, he's still in the clear right now, brother. All right. Still on the lamb. Still on there, brother. So so now Andre, he's talking about so the big match for WrestleMania one, which like I said, we're gonna do that in long form one of these days. One of these is days. is Andre the Giant versus Big John Stud, in that I think it was like a body slam challenge, and didn't you? They would get like ten thousand dollars. Bro, you should have heard yes. this interview though. This Vince McMahon. Like, I don't know if this was like a shoot. I have, this is, <laughs> this is so awkward. So Vince was like, yeah, Andre, what are you going to put up? And Andre's like, I'm not going to put up anything. And Vince is like, <laughs> and Vince is like, no, like why you got to put up something. Like there's, you know, people are saying that you might be a little bit of a, you know, something if you don't put things up. It's like, oh, I'm not going to put up anything. Why should I? And I, I couldn't tell if it was all like Vince. Was, I, I couldn't tell if Andre like forgot his line. Like he was supposed to put up something. Right. Or if it was just like if it was booked this way, like you have to see these guys. So this episode also too, if you go to the Peacock, I forgot to mention this. If you go to the Peacock, it's season two, episode ten. Okay, because uh, the the Peacock doesn't give you the dates for some fucking reason. It just gives you seasons and the number ten. So it's it's a little annoying when I have to like find the date and everything. But like this beginning, it's just so awkward. So Vince Man's like, well, Andre, you know. People, are you gonna put up like your hair or something? And I was like, no, I'm not gonna put up anything. Nope. And Vince, you could, it, it was just so awkward because it, it, it feels like Vince was like fishing, like kind of give it, you know, like you know when you're like you're acting, you're trying to fish the person <laughs> is lying, but they forget and they're just not getting yeah. it. That's what it felt like. 
And then, like, no shit, you gotta see this. And then he was all like, well, you know, Andre, you know, if you don't put anything, some people might t- say that you have a yellow street behind your back. And then Andre got up and fucking grabbed this motherfucker, like, <laughs> chinned up and grabbed him and said, I don't got no yellow street behind me. Pushed his ass down. I was like, what the fuck? And then he, st- Andre storms out of there. Basic man gets all pissed off, like, throws a cup. And then we just cut back. It's like, all right, guys, I'm okay. I'm <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was like, damn. It was great. It, this little section was like, I couldn't, like, this was really good because I could not tell, and I'm pretty good about this stuff. I could not tell if this was like a shoot or if they worked this in. Right. Like, like if it was supposed to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Cause like, you know, in this, in this era, 1985, you didn't see Vince man get physical with anybody, even though he's big as a fucking house. All right, you don't you don't see him like yeah. bowling up to people and stuff, but he's like bowling up to fucking Andre the Giant. I'm like, bro, yeah. <laughs> of all the people, you know, of like, all people to pick on, that's yeah. the guy you pick. And it's crazy to think too, like Vince Man didn't get an wasn't active wrestler until he was almost fifty. You know what I mean? Like going yes. into the ring and right. fighting Austin and shit. Like you know, during the '80s and stuff, this guy was fucking mostly announcer. Like we, he was the owner of the company, but most of us fans just knew him as the announcer guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, we didn't know that really. So it's and then like it just it, it was a great scene. I loved it. So next we get the Intercontinental Champion at the time, Greg Valentine. All right, and uh, you were like he was he was with his manager Jimmy Hart, and you were like this because Jimmy Greg was just saying how much of a rock and roll guy he was. He's all like, yeah, but tell all these other people I'm rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, brother. I was like, fuck, I never knew this part of Greg Valentine. It's like. He came out there, leather jacket on, fucking 80s tee. I was like, fuck, I could see this guy driving on a motorcycle listening to Iron Maiden, you know, Slayer. I was oh, like, yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. brother. Let's go. Let's party. Like, he was ready to party. I was like, i never seen this character of great... That's what I'm saying, man. Like, this show is great because you see different, like, aspects of these characters. I had no idea. Cause, yeah, because that seems like more like the real... Well, when I say that, like, I don't know Greg Valentine, yeah. obviously, but... Um, but in shoot interviews with Greg Valentine, that seems more like what he's actually like. Exactly. Because that's, yeah, I've heard him tell stories about like, you know, like how Hogan was like not at all like his reputation. And yeah. Hogan like really was just like this kind of beat dude that just liked to sit on his couch and smoke weed. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but that, but, you know, that seems like more like what the, the shoot interview Greg Valentine is like, like what he's really like. Maybe. Yeah. Because, you know, <clears throat> Because, like, you know, if you just watch the TV, he, he's basically, like, this big blonde-haired dude that comes out in a robe. You know what yeah. I mean? But, like, I like I like the whole, like, rock and roll gimmick. You know, like, yeah, brother, let's just yeah. party. I'm on a motorcycle. I was like, okay. And we see him fighting uh, Jim Powers, mm-hmm. which, bro, these people are like, I mean, fuck, bro. I mean, there's so much roids going on. I mean, everybody was fucking huge. <laughs> I mean, fuck, bro. Oh, everybody yeah. was I mean, humongous. They were, all, they were all roided fuck. out. All of them. And then he's talking about his match at WrestleMania. Uh, he's going to be facing the Junkyard Dog. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I want to see this match now. So, And then we get uh, <laughs> probably one of the weirdest segments ever I've seen. So check this one out. All right. So yeah. we have, you know, the main event of WrestleMania 1 was Roddy Piper and um, uh, 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 Paul Orndorff versus yep. Hulk Hogan and, and Mr. T. Okay, mm-hmm. and of course Bob Orton, Randy Orton's dad, was in the uh, the corner of Roddy Piper and Paul. So f- first we cut to a scene where they're in Piper's pit, and they're basically just talking shit about Hogan and Piper, uh, Hogan and uh, Mr. T's 
training. Like they, oh, they're training. They don't know how to train. They they suck at training. And this Paul Orndorff guy, you talk about humongous. This guy looked like a fucking. He looked like the real life Hulk, brother. This guy was jacked. Fuck. Damn these these people were jacked back in the day, brother. So yeah, Paul Orndorff was huge, and he was one of my favorites. Um, I was because I was thought Paul Orndorff, around, especially around this time, his intensity was great, and he was a great he was he was a great like pissed off dude, like he played the pissed off guy really well. Yeah. So they're just talking shit about you know their training regimen and stuff and how they're gonna beat their ass at the WrestleMania. Then they come on the set, okay, to the Tuesday Night Titans and talk to Vince. Paul Orndorff was just pissed off the whole time looking at Vince. Roddy Piper just making all these like random jokes that are just like almost over my head type of jokes. Right. And right. I, I like one part where he leans back and he has like a little rip in his shirt. And I Vince like, hey, bro, you realize you got a little rip there in the shirt. He's like, yeah, yeah, I did that on purpose. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did this training too much to fight Hulk Hogan and all this stuff. It's like, okay, damn, they're saving. Like, I like it where it's like you could tell they didn't script anything. They're just on there and they're just going. You know right, they're I mean? just going. They're just fucking going. It was great. So then, I don't know where this came from or why we're doing this, but this was hilarious and it was weird at the same time. So we go to a commercial. We, we come back, right? And now we're in like a dungeon area and we have a cauldron and we have a witch, witch seer there. Like she can like okay. she can see the future of what's gonna happen. She's like a witch character. That's not, that's not what that's not the thing I would have guessed <laughs> that you're gonna say next. And guess okay. yes. and guess who happens. Guess who is at this dungeon lair with this witch seer? It was Ooh, hold on. <laughs> Do you wanna guess or like do you want me to tell you? No, just tell me now. Okay, so it was Big Sweet Man there with a microphone okay. that has a cord, so you can see the cord going off stage. Alright. Yeah. You have uh, Paul Orndorff looking jacked. When he has uh, the slacks with the no shirt on, of course, but he has slacks mm-hmm. on. You know, like the like the like a page, and not page, but uh, 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 what do you call them? Uh, just slacks on, uh, <laughs> beige. I was trying to say beige. And beige, then you had yes. you had Bob Orton, you had Roddy Piper, and they're all looking inside the cauldron. And this witch is going to tell them who is going to win at WrestleMania one. All right, and first she's Ooh. like, "Oh, I see, uh, I see uh, Hawks' uh, 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 shoulders pinned to the mat." They're all like, "Yes, yes, we told you Hawks gonna be pinned. Yes, we, yeah, we told you." And she's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." She's like, "Wait," they're like, "What? What? What? What's wrong? What's wrong?" It's like, "Wait, wait, I see something else." It's like, "Well, what do you see?" And she's like, "Um, I think I need to get out of here." She's like, "What are you? What are you talking about? You gotta get out of here." And she looks at Piper. She's like, "I'm sorry, Mister Piper." And they just all start freaking out. Like, what do you mean you're sorry? So they take the cauldron and they throw it off. You could definitely tell there's just some sort of like smoke machine in there. Yes. And they just throw this stuff around. They start getting pissed off. And then we cut. Like, it was it was literally the most random thing you'll see. <clears throat> I guarantee you, wow. if you all watch that scene, it's the most random shit you'll see. And then we get back, wow. right? And then we go to the World Tag Team Champions, which I did not realize they were the Tag Team Champions ever at all. But we have Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda as the World Tag Team Champions. Nice team there. And they yeah, are fighting. That's fi- not bad. Yeah. Good. Oh, really good team. And they are fighting. Um, they're, they're just talking about their match of fighting uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik at WrestleMania 1. So that's a fun match as well, too. 
And we get a couple clip of their squash match. Then we get another random scene. And you could just tell that they got Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. They're, hey, we need you guys to go into this convenience store and just act a fool. And they're like, okay, that's what we're going to do. So now we, we cut the Vixen Man and he's saying, okay, guys, we've seen the training regimen of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And of course, when you're training for a pro wrestling match, what did you do in the 80s? Well, you just lift a bunch of heavy weights. You know, we don't have to That's practice. All you have to do. Yeah, you don't have to practice holes. You know, we don't have to pa- practice counter submissions. You know, no uga pock. You know, no, no, like fucking submission holes, no counters. You know what I mean? You know, we we don't do that in the '80s wrestling. The way to win a match in '80s wrestling is you pump iron. You pump iron and do steroids. Yeah, that's how you win, brother. So now we've seen the training regimen, but now we're gonna see the nutrition regimen. So the way that they, Mr. T and Hulk Hogan get nutrition is they storm into a grocery store or like a convenience store and they mm. just talk about random shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to get this weed grass. Hey, I'm, is, what is this? I can't tell what is this. What is this? Oh, it's a carrot juice. Oh, we don't need that. I don't like that. Hey, get us two protein shakes. And Hulk Hogan's like, don't put any milk in there. I was like, what? wait, wait, what? I was yeah, like, is, so- Hulk, is Hulk Hogan lactose intolerant? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. So they had protein shakes and convenience stores in the eighties. No, no, they were the 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 clerk was gonna make them two protein shakes, and it yeah, was Mr. I mean, T. Like, yeah. I'm well, it wasn't. Would have that. I don't know what this place was. It was either a, it it looked like a small like drugstore, but it was like very yeah. dim light and stuff. It was really weird. But they're just going there, talk about all these. They just you could tell all this was ad lib. They didn't plan anything. Hulk Hogan's like laughing a little bit. <laughs> He's confused. <laughs> like they they both eat bananas, and they're like Hulk Hogan didn't get the joke about they were trying to go in their guerrilla warfare and they're eating bananas. He he didn't get the joke yeah. at all until the end. <laughs> this is all real. Okay, I'm not making any of this up. All right. Then they drink the special protein that doesn't have it. Maybe. Hulk Hogan's like. Put ninety percent protein in there, ten percent fat. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> what is that, this all uh, egg? And then, he, then he drinks it. Then he has this. Oh, this sucks. And he's like, just drink it anyway. Then they drink it and they cut. I was like, what? What just happened here? Is everybody yeah, on like cocaine all, on this all show? All <laughs> That's what I want. Is everybody on cocaine? That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> Most likely, yes. And then we. And I didn't watch the rest of this part because I had a. I was busy, but it was basically they, we ended it for the next twenty minutes of doing some trivia. It was Lord Alfred Hayes and Vixen Man doing trivia. I was like, oh okay, my god, it's fucking weird. But this was a great show. I love this show. If I had one of these days, I'm just gonna branch off and do that show. And like, I'm just gonna have to because this is so fun. I love this show. It's one of my favorite wrestling shows ever. So look look out that for the future, guys. I might just do this full. I love I love doing it on here, but I want to do this in full form one day. So, but anyway, Allison, what do we got for the metal music? So um, I had to like kind of break a, a retro blood rule a little bit to nope. uh, include this um, because I can't find an actual release date for this. So, but in March of 1985. The Almighty Slayer released their second album, Hello Waits. Oh, and I wanted to talk right. about this because I love this album. Oh, yeah. This so is this is the one. album before Rain and Blood. Um, so Rain and Blood was their third album. 
So this is like, but it's their first album that they really had any money. So the first album was Show No Mercy, and they recorded that um, with a loan from Kerry King's dad. So, and then Metal Blade put it out, and it did really well. So they put out, so he wanted to put out another album, so they recorded Hell Away. So it's like their first like professional album. And it's kind of overlooked after because Rain and Blood is such a big, a big seminal album in thrash metal. And then of course they got huge after that. But Hell Awaits is like one of my favorite uh, Slayer albums. Um, they were they would go out on a national probably their first national tour with this. But um, it does have it doesn't have a lot of like what you would call hits on it. Um, the song Necro- Necrophiliac is on that album, and, and so is Hell Awaits. Um, but there's a song called At Dawn They Sleep, which is like kind of it's a slower song. So you don't think of Slayer at this point in their career as, as playing slow music, but it's slower and, and like sludgy and grungy. And then at the end, it get, kind of gets fast and really hard. Um, but it's got Crips of Eternity, Hardening of the Arteries. Um, this was a really, this is a really, really, really good album. And I really think that people don't give, um, Hello Waits enough credit. Um, you know, cause you go straight to Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, Seasons of the Abyss. Um, this is pre Rick Rubin Slayer. So it's still just like straight, like straight thrash metal. Yeah. Um, they would, they were about to, they would go on a tour the next month. They would go out on tour with uh, Exodus, and they both of those bands were opening for Venom, which we talked about not too long ago on the uh, on the Retro Blood. Yes. But they would go out on their the 1985 tour with Venom, which was supporting the album that we talked about last week, I believe. Um, but yeah, so Slayer's Hell Awaits is what we would be listening to and jamming to as we are driving the Trans Am to go see. Friday the 13th, part five. I'd be super pumped because, you know, Slayer around this time is probably would have been top favorite bands, I would say. Yes. So. And it would have been um, jarring, though. So I remember, so Rain of Blood is the first Slayer album I ever heard. Yeah. And I remember how jarring it was to hear it. Like, I'd never heard anything like that. Um, I don't know if there'd ever been anything like that. But definitely in a little small like redneck town that I lived in, you could never hear, you couldn't hear anything like that, and it was fast and hard, and just like I didn't even know you could play music that fast. Like I didn't even know it was possible to play music that fast. I mean, like the hardcore bands played fast music, but not like this. Like yeah. this, like it was fast, and it would have been like shocking. I think it would have been shocking to us after listening to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and metal bands like that, um, oh, I yeah, think definitely. that hearing, hearing Slayer would have been just fucking shocking. Yeah, I mean, because um, we, we, you know, we talked about that before, like, you know, the early 80s, I mean, I mean, you know, a lot of that rock and roll is like kind of like that classic rock and roll, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's still, very, yeah, it's still like that 70s sound. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't really, like, shred, you know? Right. Even like, Metallica still had a night kind of a 1970s sound, yeah. even though they were faster. They were, I mean, especially on Ride the Lightning, they got really fast. But, but you know, they're like Motorhead fast. This is like, un, I mean, yeah. it's it's like you have to hear it, I guess, if you've never heard. It's Slayer, like it's like people out there, but it's really it's fast. like brutal. You know what I mean? It's not. It's brutal. Yeah, it's just like yeah. it never lets up. 
it's it's great i would have loved it definitely i was like fuck bro i mean ready i'm ready i'd be ready to go man i mean fuck bro this is a great month because we got the first wrestlemania coming up i'm super psyched about this big event for the wwf you know what i mean everybody's yeah. all jacked up on cocaine yeah. i got my cocaine yeah. on the side too we're in the trans am you know we're, we're kind of like the, we're, the center console in the trans am yeah we're kind of like our boy um the uh little medical guy here billy you know what i mean Billy. Get, we're picking up a girl from the diner. We're, we're doing some cocaine in the car, listening to some Slayer on our way to a new beginning. Yeah, brother. This is great. I like it. Punk rock all the way around, man. I love it. Yeah, it's a great era. It's a we'll great be, era. We'll be, we'll be fucked during this month, bro. I mean, we got wrestling. We got cocaine. We got Freddy. We got Slayer. <sighs> Boy. The, mm. We got Budweiser beer. I saw it in there. Don't, Hell yeah. We're, Hell ready to, yeah. we're ready to go. So, But yeah, I mean, Hello Waits is a great... Um, Great album. I it, like I said, like you were saying before, I, it's not the most popular Slayer album, but you could tell like when they when they when they were doing this album, like this is like the sound that they they would eventually like kind of lean into. You know what I mean? Like this is like kind of like where it formed. So absolutely, and a lot of like old school like metal guys consider it the last real Slayer album. Yeah, um, because and and I understand why they say that because when Rick Rubin kind of took it over for their next album they were um i think they i think the next album i think rain and blood is on his label i think it's on def jam so they would leave metal blade and go to jeff def jam for the next album and it kind of had that more like uh i don't know i don't want to call it hip-hop but there's kind of like a rap delivery to tom Araya's vocals that he doesn't have here like this is still straight metal it you know this is like judas priest Iron Maiden and hardcore punk discharge all put in together into one, into into one sound, and then they would kind of get more commercial. Even though Rain and Blood's fucking fast, they would get more commercial from the next album on. So a lot of people consider this the uh, the last real Slayer album. I'm not one of those. I love later Slayer too. I love all Slayer. It's all fucking great. All of it. Yeah. They never made a bad album, in my opinion. But um, but uh. But yeah, this is Show No Mercy is just a masterpiece. This album is so fucking good. Yeah. And hey, we'll definitely be playing a track. Not Show No Mercy. Hello Waits. Hello Waits, brother. <laughs> it's a great fucking one. And we're going to be playing a, a, a song from that at the end of the show. But. Hell yeah, we will. Let's get into the uh, Who Booked This Shit, brother. Yeah, Who Booked This Shit. So there's a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. You know, like we were and saying on questions. the, uh, yeah, a lot of questions here. So, you know, you're all wondering, well, well, uh, uh, James and uh, Allison, you guys said it was the last Friday and you said this Paramount Pictures didn't want anything to do with this fucking slasher shit. You know what I mean? Nope, it's over. It's over. It's like, totally over. like, why, like, what, did you guys work us? Like, what's going on here? So, guys, I want to tell you something here. When something makes money, uh, uh, f- fucking the rules. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if it makes money, we got to make another yeah. one. So what happened was the 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 final Friday <laughs> did happen was yeah. So what what happened was was the uh, the final Friday made a shit ton of money, and Paramount's like, well, fuck, well, just bring the shit back and see what happens. And now we need some money. Well, it's one year later. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> we like money yeah. to buy our cocaine. So exactly. oh, I have a question. So yeah. this is my first question. All right, so we've seen this as we've gone through these movies. Like the first one, the the one movie will make money, 
and then they'll make another one. Then yeah. that one won't make as much money, and they're like, oh, well, fuck it. Let's end it, and then they'll make another one. Then it'll make money, and then they'll make another one again. So so they were going to end it at part four because they weren't making enough money. Well, I mean, at part three. Yeah, three then, didn't so make that much money, four, but then four did. Did. And then so they're like, well, fuck it. Let's not end it. Let's make another one. And then they make five, and then it doesn't make as much money again. Well, I think what they were trying to do now is they they realized that, okay, this property okay we yeah. think this the slasher shit's going down but yeah. this our particular property of the fridays makes the money though out of these slashers so i think they're just like well fuck i mean just like just just what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're going to make our friday 13 film but we're gonna take it in a different direction and to see if we can make more of it like this style which we'll talk about which yes i, I think uh. you're right and i think that the underground slashers were going away because basically by 1985 or 1986, if you weren't making a movie with Jason in it or Freddie in it, you couldn't make a slasher movie. Cause you weren't, we weren't even making Halloween movies again yet. Right. They were gone. Uh, um, so we wait, did, when was part four? So part four, actually, I think that was in 1986, I believe. Yeah. So the next year they would come back. Yeah. And be completely different. And we'll talk about that next week when we talk about part six. Yeah. But um but yeah, like if you like, you know, like the underground slasher movies were going away. But the mainstream ones like Friday the thirteenth, or as it became mainstream, were were still were still doing pretty well. But I'm curious, I mean I mean, how much money did they expect this damn thing to make? I mean, it cost two million dollars to make, yeah. and it made twenty-one million dollars in profit, or made twenty-one million dollars—not in profit, but in total. So it made ten times its budget back. Like, what were they expecting? Like, how much is it? That's not enough money. No, like, I mean it was. I mean, that's why they—that's why they brought it back for it to make money. No, I know, but what they're saying is like, so we have to change the because originally what they did with part six, they weren't going to do. It was going to be different. Yeah. And but they changed it. They changed part six because of the failure, quote unquote, of part five. Yeah, I mean, it. It. it I don't know. I mean, it's it, maybe they wanted to do like ten times more than that. But no, no, maybe. I'm thinking yeah. maybe because they got they got some fan backlash. So oh, I guarantee you they got fan backlash yeah. after we and when we talk, we'll tell we'll. People understand why when we uh, yeah when, when we, we talk it. about the uh, so I want to talk know. about the uh, director that they picked. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> this guy, first of all, did you see the uh, the little document documentary on him on the uh, on the shot the uh, shout factory DVD set like the making of um, this movie? Yeah, I watched the making of. Yeah, the Bro, little ten minute thing. It's got like a little rough. Okay. Well, yeah, but so, but uh, yeah. Know. Unfortunately, he's not with us nowadays. But no. some of the uh, the stuff that he has he has done, okay, was, and he said this during the film. Basically, he made his uh, film director debut not has like a uh, normal director, not has a uh, uh, you know working on past horror movies or nothing. No, this guy did hardcore porn, brother. Okay. Yeah. And a picture Which we've called, talked about that before. Yeah, a picture called High Rise, brother. Right, mm -hmm. which he used an Elias Danny Stone on. Okay, yeah, but that wasn't that unusual. Like we talked about that yeah. before. Like a lot, like horror films were basically up until about this year, 
85, horror films were basically one step up above porn. In fact, they were sometimes shown in the same theaters. And, you know, a lot of horror directors came from porn. But yeah, and, and uh, 1973 made High Rise, which was a porn film. Yes, and apparently, which I didn't know this, he was also in the talks about doing a proposed sequel to The Last House on the Left. Yeah, that's weird. I, I didn't. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah. But um, that was uh, that would have been odd. Yeah. So. Um, he did make some really good movies though. Like he only made three movies ever. Yeah. Well, well, four if you got High Rise. But he made The Unseen, which is a really good movie. And and the year before Friday, he made Savage Street with uh, Linda Blair, which is a great movie. And then he made Friday. But I guess he was just so disgusted with Hollywood that he never made another film after that. Yeah, because um, um, he went on to make commercials and things. Yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of like trouble with this yeah. shoot. So there was just a lot of things that was like going on. So, so basically, what happened, everybody, was when Paramount was trying to make this film, they had a different title. They had a running fake title for everybody, um, pretty much everybody. Reputation, okay. So repetition, that's what the, yes. repetition, sorry, repetition. They were trying to. That's what the working title was for all these actors and actresses. To that's what they're auditioning for for this particular movie. Mm. The reason they were doing it is because they wanted to keep everything under wraps. They want to surprise everybody with the new Friday coming Friday movie coming out. So the director he knew about that. Danny did, and he didn't even know what Friday the Thirteenth was until his kid told him. All right what the the, right. the series was and how popular it was and he said like basically he had a a hard time uh with certain parts of the film which was you know paramount they wanted like a kill like almost every minute or every other minute you know what i mean that's why we had so many kills on this film which was yeah, the most he said, kills we had yeah, i think he said they in that documentary he said that they wanted somebody to die every seven or eight minutes yeah yeah, like quick, you know, like a lot. So that this film was actually had the most kills within a Jason film or Friday the 13th film to date, I believe. I'm not sure about the the ones in the uh, the 90s, um, but I'm pretty sure this one has the most. It has 20. So we're getting yeah. that count up there, brother. And, you know, he was saying there was a, a, a couple scenes that he got. Uh, he, he had the, uh, what was it called? The... Uh, you know the people that censor everybody, the uh, yeah the uh, M MPAA is out there. Yeah, called? MPAA. Yeah. Picture. Yeah. So he said, like you know, a lot of them didn't really care about the kills, the blood, or nothing. But he said the most that he got, had a cut was the uh, the porn in the woods scene with Eddie and Tina fucking in the woods, brother. He said like, yeah, I just right. wanted to make this like sex scene in there in the woods because the audience, you know, just we we seen sex in you know horror films all the time. But I guess his was maybe too much grinding on there. So he said, like, yeah, like, they, they, we had to cut to this one guy and then cut back and you don't see any of these sex scenes anymore. And I was yeah, like... Yeah, like, I think <laughs> that... No, go ahead. I was like, Dan, where is this footage at? Now, this guy, I, right. like, he made a fucking porn in the fucking woods, brother. Yeah, like, I mean, he shot a lot of nudity for that because he... I mean, he, he like, he was saying, like, he's like, I, I think people like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they do. I mean, we do for sure <laughs> but um you know he i think that he um i think that it says a lot though about american society 
that they didn't have any problems with any of the violence or the murders in this movie. Yeah. But they had problems with, with nudity. Um, you know what I mean? That's what they wanted him to cut. And there were still um, plenty amount of nudity and tits in this film. Well, I wouldn't say plenty, but there was there was a good, there was a yeah. there was a, there was a substantial amount. Um, what was the girl's name? Uh, the character's name Tina. Yeah, from Tina, the scene we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that girl was clearly hired just for uh, the fuck for the role that she played. Yeah, I mean, like you know, she she was just uh, uh, I'll say that she was built for this scene. Um, but, um, but you know, like he, he wanted, he shot that purposely to relieve the audience of like, of just constant, you know, kills, Yeah, you know, cause he's having to shoot a murder scene every seven minutes. So he wanted to, he wanted to, to, in the middle of the movie, he wanted to have like a scene of like calm for a few minutes, for a couple of minutes before they go right back into the murder again. And then the censors like cut all that shit out, but they didn't cut any of the blood out. But yeah, I think that that's just America's just such a puritanical country. Like, I know we're just like we're so we're so terrified of sex and nudity, but violence is not a problem, not a problem at all, and I think that's that's one of the problems with our society, but our show is not about that. So let's continue to talk about horror movies. Yeah, so like so another thing. Apparently this set was filled with uh little bit of uh, the dr- the cocaine and drug use, brother. <laughs> Weed and shit. And like, bro, you can tell. Like, yes, you like can. that cocaine when he was snorting it. I mean, that shit was real. Don't tell me it was fake. Yeah. I knew that shit was real. <laughs> the weed was real. I'm pretty sure, like you, like the, the actors, like when you got on set and they all figured out it was like a Jason film at the end. By the way, got to talk about that too. But they're just like, okay, yeah. you're hired. Here's this bag. What? Is, oh, what's this? Oh, this is cocaine. It's required <laughs> for you to take it. So, but, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the actors and actresses, they didn't know that they were filming a, uh, Friday the 13th film. It wasn't until like, I believe it was like what halfway through production. They're like, oh yeah, guys, this is actually a, uh, fucking, uh, this is a Friday film. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? And apparently the guy who played, um, uh, one of the leading Tommy. roles, uh, Tommy, uh, John Steppard, yeah. he, 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 he didn't he didn't know he was like what it's a friday film what the hell because apparently he on his own he was trying to get into character so he volunteered Mm -hmm. at a state mental hospital to prepare for the role and that he felt really disappointed to discover reputation was actually the fifth entry into the friday 13th series so he was actually disappointed at it of course he's probably not disappointed when he went to all those cons and made a bunch of money all right (laughs) but at the time he was disappointed to it so so also to the uh, actor uh, Dick, uh, was it Winden? He played. Let's see who he played. Hold on, Dick Winden. He played Roy, yeah. right, our uh, secret character that we will talk about soon. He said it wasn't until I saw Part Five that I realized what a piece of trash it was. I mean, I knew the series' reputation, but you're always hoping that your ears is going to come out better. I was like, damn, right? I was like, this is not that bad. Okay. No, but I think that if you don't like these movies, it's it's not going to be good. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't, you know, like that's one thing that I think a lot of fans don't don't understand is that the people that make these movies most more often than not are not fans of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 
like you like you probably couldn't go up to Kevin Bacon today and start talking about a horror movie and expect him to be a fan. Well, I don't know about that one. Movie. Well, okay, that may be a bad example. There, because he's done after that. He's done horror like that's true stuff. But there, the, but what, what you're trying to say is, I, I get what you're saying. Where you'll have some of these people who play like some of these roles, and maybe some of like more like the obscure sequels of horror movies that you know they don't want to talk about at all until they realize, oh shit, I can go to these horror movie cons and make a bunch of money off these marks, all right, for a role that I didn't even like in the first place. That's usually well, what yeah, happens. but they don't they they only do that when they don't really have any other options. Yeah. You know, after after they can't act anymore, they go to these horror cons and like not to look down on any of those people because they're I'm sure they're making a shit ton of money yeah. doing it. But but you know, it's like the the famous quote from that is kind of uh, from Michael Shannon when you know because he played Zod in that Man of Steel movie or whatever, and then somebody asked him if who would who would win in a fight, Superman or Batman, and his answer was, "I'm so uninterested in that that I can't even think of a fake answer." <laughs> but, um, there you go. Tell him I get this. <laughs> Right. But yeah, so so the guy who played Tommy did not want to be in Friday thirteenth part five and um you know, he didn't find it out until they'd already cast him. Yeah. Which you know, he did a pretty good job though. This guy Yeah. This does affect our timeline though. We have to talk about that a little bit later. Yes. Yeah, we'll get into that when we do the uh the full review, our little timeline yeah. here. Uh, I'm trying to see what else this guy's done because I thought I recognized from some stuff, but he's uh, apparently this is one of his first movies he made. So, but um, I do want to talk about our boy Corey Feldman, brother. He is back on the screen here, and I thought it was pretty interesting because the, you know he played Tommy Jarvis in the part yep. four, and he came back for a little special cameo at the beginning of the film reprising his role of Tommy and apparently he did this on like a Sunday when he was had a day off from filming the Goonies which is kind of cool yeah and it was shot in his backyard apparently yeah I was like damn bro you got that kind of backyard like you just put a grave there and that shit and everything so but well, yeah they probably didn't even shoot that they probably oh, yeah. shot the scene of his face. Yeah, that's true. Like just him walking in the rain. Yeah, they they with probably the, just turned on yeah. like a rain machine and then had him stand behind a bush and just shot shot the scenes of his face. Yeah, his family's home backyard in Los Angeles with the rain machine. Yeah. So and then uh, before we get going to the full review, obviously this was the only Friday the Thirteenth movie with Jason's mask being blue. All right, which was yes. Yeah, so I thought they did this really well. Yeah. So as I watched this. Because I've always thought of this movie um, as, you know, what everybody thinks about it. It's like the one that doesn't fit. Um, and they're right in some aspects. But, um, but yeah, I like how they changed the mask so that it would give you a clue as to what the sort of is going to be. Yes. And, and, you know, and they purposely did that. And that's kind of cool. Yes. So, but, yeah, I mean, the... This movie was definitely, I feel very like, like punk rock in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like we're yeah. just obviously selling drug use. We're just obviously smoking weed. We're just getting these kills every seven to five minutes. I mean, it's just boom, 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 boom here. Let's just go. So, it's very interesting. Very, very, very interesting uh, Friday the 13th film and with a swerve at the end. So, but it's fun. But everybody and Allison. I say we uh, get into the full discussion of Friday the 13th 5. 
a new beginning. It's a new Let's beginning here, brother. It is. New beginning for us. If the memory of Jason still haunts you, you're not alone. Friday the 13th, part 5, a new beginning. Severe trauma at age 12. Brutal self-defense murder of a psychopathic killer. Boy, they've given him every therapy they can think of. It's wonder his mind isn't fried with all the drugs they've given him. murderous fury that was buried with Jason has been reborn. Pete. And suddenly, terror has become child's play. Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Alright, so we start off, we have, a, we have a young Tommy. He has returned, brother. It is raining, and he is in his best rain outfit, which is yellow. Who was the famous mm-hmm. uh, kid in the, the, uh, the yellow outfit? Wasn't that Dick Tracy or no? Um, maybe like the yellow. I was that from it. Maybe what am I thinking about here? There's like a famous kid whose outfit was all yellow. Dick Tracy's not a kid, but I well, think he was wearing a yellow outfit. Well, did he have like, like a sidekick um, that was a kid or something? I don't know. I don't maybe know what I'm thinking about. So we see him. He's all yellowed out, and he is in the uh, the backwoods. I guess we're supposed to think that this is where Jason was buried. And I like it how they just like buried Jason with his mask. <laughs> oh yeah of course yeah you know it's like you know what he liked this mask you know we gotta bury it with them so he's in there He and then he's looking at the grave and he hears like these two other kids coming to dig up the grave and I'm yeah. thinking okay hold on a second I know we're in 1985 but we don't care about a lot of shit but we're just gonna have these two random kids dig up this famous killer's grave like we don't have any security we don't hide this anywhere we're just gonna keep it out in the open for them to you know dig it up but there's a reason why <laughs> Yeah, like they didn't cremate him or nothing. Yeah. So we are, uh, we see that they dig them up. And then, of course, course, Jason has worms and shit through him. And he wakes up and he stabs these two kids to death. And I was like, okay, this is like a, uh, this is like a, uh, 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 what do you call it? A a sign that we might see this later in the series. You know what I mean? So it's like a little bit, okay. So Jason goes up, he sees young Tommy, Tommy freaks out, he doesn't have any lines, alright? So, you know, we, we booked him for one couple hours in his backyard, but we're not going to give him any lines, remember? No. So, just facial expressions. So, Jason goes up to him, he's about to chop his ass down, and then we wake up, and now we see a adult, well, not, maybe like a young adult, Tommy? Yeah, so I don't know how old he's supposed to be. Um, he's 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, for sure, because they're letting him out of the mental institution. They don't have like jurisdiction over him anymore. Um, so how old was he supposed to be in part four? <clears throat> Wasn't he 10 or no? 
Because this is this is supposed so to be. Gonna, I was maybe it's thirteen. I was gonna say he was twelve or thirteen. Yeah, because eighteen makes sense for. I think this guy kind of he, he could pass for eighteen. Yeah. So let's say he was twelve, and um, now he's eighteen. So that pushes us five more years into the future. Well, twelve times five and is now seventeen. So he had to be thirteen. What? Well, okay, so it's six years in the future then. Whatever. Well, this movie—I um, thought this movie was supposed to be five years. Well, they never tell us that. They don't tell us how, when it takes place. They just—they just assume it's in the future. They also don't tell us where it takes place. Um, yeah, they tell us where it takes place. Do they? Yeah, Pinehurst. Pinehurst um, is another community within the Crystal Lake family. <laughs> Remember, we talked about okay. this, Allison. I, mean, I, I do know that, but I, do, I don't remember them telling us that it was near Crystal Lake. But yeah. I'm assuming it was. Yeah, it was um, It was just a, a couple blocks down. Which is another problem <laughs> that we'll talk about in a minute or two. But, um, but yeah, so now, so this movie takes place in like 1990 or 1991, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. So if you're right. going with yeah. our timeline, we established that the uh, the number four ended in 1985. So this, if it's mm-hmm. five years later, let's just say he was like 13. So it was yeah. five years later. All right. So yes, we're in 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in like 1990 right now. Yeah, and all of these people are wearing really, really out of style clothes. Well, you know the <laughs> you know we had the little um, I would say too much. You know what I mean. But you gotta remember. You gotta so. remember Especially they were the guy in the van. They were listen. They were uh, a rejects from the world, so they didn't get the best fashion. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. You know they're not gonna have They're not gonna have like the high end Converse at the time. Okay. True. So True. and apparently, I, I'm guessing that Danny Steinman didn't even know what year this was supposed to take place in. No, nah, he's just like just turn your film on, get some cocaine, let's go. That's what he's like. Let's go. So the, here's here's what's well, here's what's happening, everybody. So Tommy is being he he's been in and out of like hospitals and shit because of the mm-hmm. trauma that he got when he was a kid, you know, fighting Jason and all them. So or killing Jason. So yeah. he they they have this new program at this place called Pinehurst where you're going to be dropped off here, like people get dropped off here, and they. Uh, they they teach you how to uh, get back into so- to society, you know, because yeah. you're not locked up in like a mental hospital or anything like that. You 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 you're you know you're you're hanging out with these counselors or you're hanging out with you know the people who run the staff and hang out with these other kids to kind of develop yourself back. And they are dropping Tommy off here because they can't hold him anymore because he's 18. Remember when you're 18, you can't you know. They can't legally have you stay anywhere, right. so that's why he's right. getting they can't sent here. Keep him anymore. Yeah. yeah, and he apparently he agreed to go to this Pinehurst, even though he kind of knew, you know, this is around the the Crystal Lake area, but that's the only place they could send him. And I do right. want to so why? Uh, hold on. <laughs> so why would they send him back? Hold on. to the hold place on. where all of this happened. Hold on. All right, you're gonna explain it. I got so it. I do my research here, brother. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Fair and enough. this. So they don't really tell us in the movie, but there is. So have you ever played the Friday the Thirteenth video game? 
You know, the one that came out, the, um, the, not the old uh, fucking Super Nintendo one or nothing, but the newer one that came out in like 2014 or 15 or something like that. I played it a little bit, yeah. So apparently there are these uh, Tommy uh, Jervis tapes, okay? Okay. That you can find out the game and it kind of gives them, they actually, I thought the tapes actually kind of like fill in some of the gaps on some of the Tommy storylines on here. Okay. Okay. And I'll post these on the uh, the Facebook, which I hopefully got back up and running, and so you guys can listen to it because it, I thought they did a great job within this video game to fill in some of the gaps of of Tommy's uh, uh, in and out of the mental hospitals. All right. And in one of the tapes, is the reason he came over here was at first, like the the doctor kind of suggested him. This is in the tapes, not the movie. So the doctor suggested him to come to this place. Maybe it'll, it'll help out. But then she like she was kind of thinking against it. And then I, without her knowing it, he eventually booked himself to come here because he thought if he booked himself to come to this place, maybe it would help out his trauma. So okay, to the Pinehurst. Right. So <clears throat> so we do meet um, <laughs> Bill. All right, he's one of the uh, medical mm-hmm. guys yeah. driving the driving the uh, the hospital car. And you, do you know what you do when you're riding somebody to a, uh, a youth center with another person in the vehicle? Allison, you know what you do? You read a porn what do you do? magazine. You do. You read a Nothing porn else magazine. Nothing you do. Yeah. I mean, I would read one, but I'm just looking for the articles. Exactly. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I only read the articles yeah. myself. <laughs> so we get. Uh, so now Tommy gets dropped off and we meet two characters. We meet Pam where she is like the, uh, the the what's it called? The coordinator to this youth recovery center. Yeah. And we meet uh, Mike, who is kind of like the... Uh, oh, it's Matt. My bad. The doctor, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I always get Mike and Matt mixed up. I don't know why. Anyway, we meet Matt, and he is like the doctor of the whole place. And he is the one that kind of described, like I just did, about what this place is. You know, mm-hmm. trying to get people back into society, all these lost kids and stuff. You know, you're, you're your own boss over here. Do your thing. There's lots of chickens. Yeah, a lot of chickens. You know what I mean? That's Come on now. So, this is also too, you know, Tommy, you could tell that he doesn't really talk to a lot of place people and everything. And he's like, you know, we don't, we don't really like, okay, so this movie confirms in canon that, that, um, that Tommy's mom died. Okay, because they said that. They said the mom mm-hmm. died and the sister didn't die, but apparently the sister, we, this, we didn't really know what happened to the sister, okay, and, and movie canon, but in these tapes, it just, it just after a while, like, the sister kept, like, visiting Tommy and eventually she just gave up. I was like, man, what a fucking... It's like, nope, not happening for me. So the sister right. is alive. She just doesn't visit Tommy at all for no reason. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, she doesn't want to deal with him. So this is when Tommy, this is when we meet another character. There's a lot of characters in this film, though. Like a shit ton. Like, we just booking everybody, brother. Okay? Yeah, we got to kill somebody every seven minutes. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's like, I got to get that budget up. <laughs> so we meet there the kid character, Reggie. All right? He scares uh, Tommy with a little spider. And then Tommy scares him with his mask. Because remember, you know, in number four, Tommy's character was a big mask person. You know yeah, I mean? and he still is, apparently. Yeah, still is, man. You know, what kind of reminded me of was the uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. 
mm-hmm. where like the yeah. uh, the Michael Myers character was big into mask and he had a bunch of masks but the the I guess the uh Captain Kirk mask was his favorite. <laughs> so uh so they meet yeah. each other so we we've seen all that happen and then they hear uh some police outside so they all go outside it's uh, the police sheriff Tucker. He is talking with Matt, saying like, "Hey, man, I found a couple of your kids out there." I was like, "Listen, I know what you're doing over here, and I respect it, but a lot of the neighbors don't like you around here, and all these kids around here, because you know a lot of them are like felonies, and you know they're they're bad kids, you know, or or their reputation are bad kids." Yeah, and I, they don't like you around here, especially uh, Ethel. <clears throat> she she don't like it at all. And I kept these two kids right here, Eddie and Tina. I caught them fucking out there in the woods. All right, so they're up there laughing. Yeah, they they have they have sex on the on on her property a yeah. lot apparently. Yeah, that's like that's that's what they were booked for. Eddie and T was just to have sex in the woods, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, fuck, bro, where was I in 1985? Sign me up, brother. <laughs> Get paid out there to have some sex in the woods, oh, yeah. and, and do cocaine. I was like, fuck, okay, these are wild, man. Yeah, the part of Kelso would be the best part. Just of this imagine, movie, like, just imagine that, like. Right, I'm reading for this role. What was my character? Well, your character has sex in the woods and has cocaine. Uh, and you barely have any lines. We're going to pay you a million. It's like, fuck, okay. I mean, I mean, obviously he didn't get paid a million, but he probably okay. got paid, like you know, decent price. He got paid something. <clears throat> so then the... I don't know why we had these characters all the time, but I guess we had to have them for comedy. So then we get yeah. Ethanol and her son, Junior. And they are basically like... I don't know, what do you explain, like, poor white trash people, I guess? Those are supposed to be? Who, Ethel and uh, her yeah. her son? Yeah. I don't know. I hate these characters. Um, I don't know why these characters are in the movie and why they always have to have a character like this. Yeah. Where they have to have this just crazy, over-the-top, like, yeah. dipshit family. Like, I don't know, with her, like, just clearly mentally ill son. I'm going to blame... Like, um, I'm going to blame a movie we haven't done yet, but I'm going to blame Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 on that. I think they're the ones that kind of like made that like famous. Maybe you may be right, but I mean, like, is it just supposed to be like, are they supposed to be comedy relief? I guess. So we can like laugh at her dipshit son and like all the stupid shit she's doing all the time and her over the top screaming and, like I don't know, the only, that's the only thing I hated about this movie was these two characters. Well, it would be so much better if they just weren't it. Yeah, she's being a 1985 Karen, saying, "Get these kids off my property." Yeah. I did, I did like when she says to the son, "Shut the fuck up." I was like, "Damn, all right." <laughs> <laughs> and then she calls him an idiot, and then they leave. And she's like, "If I see any of these kids on my property, I'm gonna blow their fucking heads off." I was like, "Damn, this girl's fucking mouth on her." Yeah. All right, and then, uh, and then the the. The the Matt and Tucker they just laugh about it. It's just like, yeah, it's probably best you don't have the kids going on property. He's like, hi, hey, by the way, you got that Jarvis kid here. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, good luck. How is he? He's like, any normal kid. Oh, good luck. I was like, okay, what's that good supposed luck. to mean? <laughs> so now, I, mean, um, not, I was gonna say it's not like he like did anything really bad. I mean, he he ki- he killed a serial killer in self-defense. It's not like, yeah, exactly. You know, he's not Michael Myers who killed his sister and a bunch of other people. Yeah. So now we're seeing the character, Joey. He is like a fat kid. Kind of like that kid from yeah. uh, Willy Wonka. You know, the fat one that eats a bunch of chocolate. It's kind of like that character. Yeah. Yep. So he stares at this guy named Vic, who's chopping some wood, who looks angry. Mm-hmm. 
And then he stares at these two girls. We have Robin and we have Violet. All right. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to the girls doing laundry. He's talking to the girls doing laundry. Offer, his pickup lines is offering them chocolate. You know what I mean? I was like, Man, you know what? I can see that working. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I, I, I'm great at laundry. I'm the best ever at laundry. I, he sounded like Trump here. I'm the best at laundry. I could do the laundry the best. I'm the, look at me. I'm so great I at laundry. I do laundry better than anyone. There's never uh, been anybody that did laundry. There's like nobody better. <laughs> and then he grabs a sheet and he got chocolate all over it. And they're all pissed off at him. And he's like, well, fine. Fuck you, girls. And he leaves. And then he starts talking to Vic. And he offers Vic two. Tra- th- check this one out, Allison. He's all like, hey, I got two chocolate bars. But don't tell the girls over there. They get jealous. <laughs> it's like, damn. This guy is in wow. his own world. All right. And, of course, Vic is like a pissed off guy. So he puts the chocolate down. Then he stabs the chocolate. Then Joey gets all fucking pissed off saying, well, screw you then. And he walks off. Then Vic just fucking, out of nowhere, just chops him, axes him in the fucking back. And axes him a couple yes. times. So this is the first time in a Friday the 13th movie where... Someone was killed by somebody who wasn't the the villain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was the, mm-hmm. Yes. I'm trying to think. Yeah. That's yeah. Definitely the first time because um, you know we have Jason or Pamela. They're the ones that done all the killing. Yep. Nobody. Else, I don't think anybody else has killed anybody that wasn't that that you know. Only the villain has done murders up until now. Yes. <clears throat> so and this this is actually you know if you think about it it was a pretty good. Um, What's it called? Prelude to what we're going to be seeing. Yes. So, but so then we get we get these two medical, uh, you know, medical ambulance drivers. Um, yeah. Come up and they're going to be taking Joey's bodies away. One of them just like gets there in front of everybody and just like opens the sheet and everybody's like, "Oh God!" Like he's like chopped up body and he's like pussies. <laughs> yeah, you got to have that one guy who's yeah. like, uh, well, broke. It's like so random on pissies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that body, brother. And then we got Roy. All right. And Roy looks at the body all weird, stares at it more weird. And you can tell that there's something about this character because we're zooming up on his face. Okay. Yes. So remember, and Roy. at the end of the movie, when we get to the end, we will talk about this scene again. Yes. Because I want to bring something up. Okay. We'll do that. So they're. they're the, the, the Tucker is now talking, you know, with Matt again about Vic and the character Vic. He he's the one that had the most like criminal background out of everybody in the camp. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they take him away. And then Joey's dead as well, too. And you know, all the kids are like upset about it. So they're also talking about, too, like Matt says, like, you know, he tells Tucker, like, yeah, Joey, he didn't have like any family to tell. Like, we don't have like any. You know, he didn't have any family on the record. He was basically just an orphan kid who was going to house and house and never found his place in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, you know how, like, in every, like, Friday movie, we were talking about, like, car trouble? Yes. Well, it's back. It's right? back. So, apparently, when you drive around Crystal Lake or the surrounding areas of Crystal Lake... Your car, I mean, you might, you might as well just not have a car. Maybe bring, like, a scooter. Maybe bring a bicycle because the car just ain't going to work. Okay? Mm-mm. It's going to break down. It's going to break down. So now we're seeing these two characters who are not part of the... They're just two random characters. They're not part of the uh, Pinehurst community. We are meeting mm-hmm. Pete and Vic, 
who are I'm not sure if they were dressed up for Halloween uh, or they, or they're just trying to play the Fonz. So we're meeting this character Pete and Vic, and they're guess what? They're having car troubles. Okay? Yeah. So they're having car troubles. Uh, Vic is bitching at Pete. Pete is bitching at Vic. Say that ten times fast. And Pete now has to go take a shit in the woods. Okay? So he goes to the woods, gets scared by a bunny. We cut back. We see Vic fixing the car, and then we have a flare. Not not Rick Flair, but a flare, like a flare, flare light. And Vic thinks it's Pete. It's not. It's the killer, and he puts the flare light in the mouth. Now, I'm not saying it's Jason because we don't, we don't see the we just see the hand we don't see the actual person itself right and he puts the flare in the mouth and then pete comes back i mean yeah pete comes back from his shit that was like fucking less than a minute so i don't know if this guy he took his shit he used the plant for this guy was quick with the shit so he comes back starts asking vic he's gonna beat vic's ass he starts singing that song like this like like a 50s song <laughs> Yeah. Like a little 50s jingle. Ooh, bop and shit. What, what was it? What was it? Tutti Fruity, right? Tutti Fruity. Yeah, because these are characters like mm. right out of the 50s. Yeah. And then eventually uh, the, the killer comes up behind him and cuts his throat. So we're getting, those, we're getting those bodies up right now, brother. We're getting those body counts up. So then <clears throat> we see, uh, <clears throat> we see uh, Tommy staring at the wall while sleeping. Okay, and he's sweating as well too, so he's nervous. <clears throat> and then, of course, Tommy keeps having a bunch of flashbacks of Jason as well too. All right, so now we got most of the kids setting up the table. Reggie's talking about Grandpa, and he doesn't want the Grandpa to uh, show infection in front of him, in front of everybody. And uh, also, Reggie also wants to visit his brother as well. And they're all about to have breakfast. And he tells everybody to have breakfast is ready. Uh, then we have um, Joey saying, Hey, Violent, you set more plates than they're supposed to be. Because she set, set plates for Joey and, and Vic. Mm-hmm. All right? And then they all get mad about that. And they're all like sad that Joey's dead because they're, they like the Joey guy. All right? And then, of course... Matt shows up. Everybody gets all quiet. He's like, hey, we got to move on from this and eat the breakfast. And then Tommy shows up. And then Matt asks, hey, Tommy, can you go get Eddie? And Tommy's like, you know, Tommy at this time, he's not really like a really good, uh, he's not mixing well with everybody. You know what I mean? He's very quiet. He's very on his own. Yeah. You know, probably, you know, drugged up with all these medications and shit. And Matt tells him, just get Eddie to come downstairs. He's about to go get him. And then Eddie shows up in a mask and scares for a second Tommy. And of course, Eddie took, I guess he took one of Tommy's masks and scared him with it. All right. Yeah. And then Eddie starts playing with them. And then Tommy just whoops his ass. <laughs> Fuck, bro. This guy so was Tommy's like. Tommy's a badass at this point. Bro, he, he fucking took this guy's fucking arm barred his ass onto the fucking table and just beat his shit. I was like, damn, bro. Oh, yeah. He's beat I his mean, ass. Anybody that can kill, anybody that can kill Jason yeah. is going to be is gonna be a badass. You don't fuck with that person. Yeah, he just whips his fucking ass and then Matt gets him to calm down. I was like, and that's not only the first ass whooping our boy Tommy would do. He's, he would come back. 
So now we have the Evelyn girl. She's chopping up a chicken. And she's saying that she's going to chop up every kid at that Pinehurst like that Vic guy chopped up the fat kid. And then they eat a bunch of stew. And then they hear birds. And she says a bunch of coyotes will get them. And then out of nowhere, it was just some dude who was all dirty. And he says, I, you got any food? And she's like, well, you got to go clean the chicken shit and I'll give you some food. And he's like, okay, we'll do. This random guy <laughs> that just shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> Bro, this guy was the most useless character. But I, yeah. I get I get why they had him in here <clears throat> because we're supposed to think this guy's the killer. Okay? Yeah, possibly. But he yeah. is the most useless character I have almost seen in a horror film ever. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. We'll go with that. I won't mention it, but yeah, go ahead. We'll talk about it later. So, so now the, the sheriff, all right, and sheriff is like, look, he finds those two, you know, Fonzie dead bodies, and the sheriff is like, you know, Tr- Tucker is like, man, what is going on here? And Roy's like, hey, you talking to me? You talking to me? And he's like, no, nah, I wasn't talking to you. And he's like, he doesn't know what to do. Tucker's like, he's just kind of confused. Okay. Yeah. So, so now we, (laughs) so I really like this scene. The scene was so corny, but it was so great at the same time. This is one of my favorite scenes in this movie. It's not my favorite scene in the movie, but it's one of mine. Coming up next. We have Billy, you know, that medical guy from earlier reading the porn. Yeah. He's back brother in a fucking badass car. I didn't. Check out which mm-hmm. car he is, but it's definitely a race car. I think it was a Mustang. And he That's is honking it. This guy is ready to party, brother. He has his fucking jacket on, striped shirt. He gets a little stash going on. He looked pretty creepy. Like, he looks like one of those creepy guys, like, you can't trust. And he is uh, honking <laughs> his horn to Lana. And I remember when I was first watching this, I was like, you, are you guys trying to convince me that this Lana character, who's actually pretty hot, it's going to go out with mm-hmm. this fucking creeper looking fucking dude. Yeah, because he has cocaine. That makes sense. So he is telling her to get ready. She is, she, she, they're like fighting back and forth, but flirting back and forth. And he's like, listen, girl, let's go party. All right. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go back inside and get myself ready. So <laughs> she goes into the diner, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to party. So then she just goes to the, you could tell guys wrote this shit. I think I say this almost every horror film. You could tell guys wrote this shit because yeah, this fucking sure. Lana goes to the restroom and she's like, pull up her hair. It's like, yeah, I'm going to party. And then she just rips her fucking top off. So we see some tits. <laughs> like, I doubt that actually happens in real life, but I loved it. I was like, that's how I picture eighties, uh, uh, transactions of going to parties like yeah all, I just, all girls man. that are getting ready just just whip yeah. out their tits to yeah she to is show, she, look in the mirror. Yeah. she is so excited to party that she's just gonna rip her fucking top off to show the the mirror the tits right. yeah maybe it happens i don't know so our boy billy while he's waiting all right he's like oh well i got some cocaine here <laughs> <laughs> Let me just uh, start snorting start, 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 uh, some of this cocaine. It's like snow flurries up your nose. That's a, that's a line from him. And he had a Budweiser can there too, brother. Don't tell me it wasn't. I saw it. So we got the Budweiser has made its return right. on the Friday the 13th series. All right. So Lana's still getting ready. She gets scared. She hears a cat. And now Billy's like, fuck, this girl's taking so fucking for long. And I was like, bro, I feel you. You know what I mean? Our boy Billy, he's ready to go out there and dance 
and fuck and do more cocaine with this hot blonde. And he's just saying, what is taking so long? So he's like, he gets out of the car for a second. Hey, what's taking so long? And then he gets axed back in the fucking bald spot of his head. All right, by the killer. Yep. Cocaine flies everywhere. Cocaine flies everywhere. So Lana's coming out. She's finally ready. She brings the cat out. She puts the cat back in. Mm. She's looking for Billy. She thinks it's a joke, says it's cold. Gets into the car. Sees uh, the cocaine. She sees the cocaine on the floor. She's like, oh, okay, well, might as well. <laughs> yeah, so she starts snorting it up off the floor. Yeah, on the floor. And then she oh. sees the killer's feet Yeah. with the blood, and she gets all freaked out. And then um, the killer comes over to her, and, and she gets out of the car, and then the killer stabs her in the stomach. Yeah. Being a drug addict must be so glamorous, right? That you're just... Uh... You're just snorting coke off the off a dirty ass car floor. Well, she was ready to party, bro. What do you think party means? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. All right, let's get this going. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's uh, so there there they go. <laughs> it's such a random scene, but I loved it. I thought that was great. Mm, yeah, but it kind of is two kills right in seven or eight minutes. Yeah, we gotta keep that count count up, brother. Let's go. So now, uh, now we have Billy staring at chickens. All right. So yes, we had him staring at the wall earlier. Now he's staring at chickens. All right, and then of course he sees a flash of the real Jason, or Jason. Yeah, or flashback. Yeah, of Jason. we can tell. Yeah. So this is uh, <laughs> this is a theme <laughs> throughout yeah. this movie. Uh, um, he he stares at a lot of people, or he just stares at a lot of things. He just stares. Oh, wow. He just kind of stands around and stares. Yeah. So now we have the governor. Or, or the police chief, one of the two. I'm not sure which one. They're, he's talking to Tucker now. And he's like, yo, we got to get this fucking kills under control. This is supposed to be a small town. You're not supposed to have a bunch of kills in a small town. And I'm thinking, that's where all the kills come from. All that's right? where all, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, every fucking horror movie is about a small kill, a small town kill. All right, come on. Yeah, I, yeah, that's where all the murders take place. Yeah, not the big cities. Those those are fine, apparently, in horror films. But the small towns, you're, mm. you're pretty much fucked. All right? Yep. And yeah, then absolutely. I'm not sure if Tucker was trying to fuck with this guy. But he's like, I have a suspect. I bet it's Jason Voorhees. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Why would you think that at all? <laughs> because he's dead. Jason Voorhees yeah. is dead. He's documented as being dead. Yeah, he's documented as being dead, basically. So, and he is truly dead at yes, this point. Yes, yes. And that's when the chief was like, listen, no, he's not. Like, fucking Jason's dead. We cremated his fucking body. And then the ch- Tucker's like, well, did you see it happen cremated? He's like, listen, he's ashes. So, according to, I guess, according to the, and this, 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 will, this will be a debate. Because, you yes. know, number six is coming up. And we know Jason is dead and buried. Okay? Yeah. But... The, the the police chief believes that he got cremated, which would kill right. all of the sequels coming up and <laughs> coming up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But which then is- but then luckily Tucker saved us by saying, Well, you yeah. never saw that. So you really don't know that's true. And I yeah. was like, okay, well we saved that shit because that would have been some canon shit right there, brother. That would have been a little hard yeah, to Well, explain. I mean he could have just been wrong. He could have just yeah. been wrong. Which he obviously was. We'll get to that next week. So then he's like, listen, you go out there and find the real fucking killer, Tucker. All right. So, because he wants a real alive suspect. That's what he's looking mm-hmm. for. Here's a good scene coming up here. So, Eddie and Tina, they are flirting outside. And Eddie 
is since he was booked, he was like, listen, we gotta have some more sex out in the woods. Alright? And Tina's like, well, yeah. I don't know if we should do that. Uh, Matt might get mad. And Eddie's like, listen, I was booked to say this, but we have to go out there. Okay? Like, you, th- th- listen. Well, he's gonna, he's gonna hurt me and, 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 and fuck me. He's like, well, that's what I want you to do with me. Alright? Let's go. Alright? So they go out to the woods. Not that far from the house either. Find a nice little spot. You know what I mean? He does, our, boy, our boy, Eddie, doesn't need to bring beer. He doesn't need to bring roses. He doesn't need food. All he has to bring is himself. All right? And a little towel. All right? They start taking off their clothes. Oh, so slowly. All right? <laughs> and then he fucking start pounding that girl, even though we don't see any of it. But I'm imagining what our porn director wanted to do. Okay? Yeah, that's probably what it was cut out. So, I don't know where that... You know that chicken poop guy from earlier? Yes. Yeah, he shows up. All right. And apparently, I thought he was going to start whacking it for him. <laughs> 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 like, I thought for sure he's just going to. Bro, it's built by a porn director. Like, what the fuck? I, I bet you if this guy had free, um, like, extra free range, he would have had that guy start whacking it. And then, That's what would have happened. So yeah, he maybe. was whacking it, right? And then he looks over, and then the killer just stabs his ass. So, because we have to have a kill, apparently. We didn't have enough. We had to have this guy dying, too. This useless fucking character who was only there to watch. Yeah. He was clean chicken poop and watch kids fuck. That was his Yeah, that was for, his about, for about 10 minutes, we thought he might be the killer, but yeah. maybe not. So, then uh, our boy, Eddie's finished, right? And he's mm-hmm. all like, hey, I need to wash up. You sit there with my fucking, you know what, on you. But I need to go wash up. All right? So, and she's like, okay, yeah, I'll just sit here. And I can deep dive into why this would never happen, but I'm not going to get... I don't want to make this a super X-rated podcast. But yes. uh, our boy Eddie goes to wash up, and uh, Tina, butt-ass naked, all right? Uh, she's just laying down, closes her eyes, and she looks up, and she sees the killer with some scissors, so she got scissored in the eye. Yep. Or he had or hedges, he I guess. Hedge clippers, yes. But technically, are big scissors, so I can still they're use that. Right. I can still they're big scissors. I, I can still use the jug. All right, absolutely. So, so Eddie, he finished washing up. That was quick, and he goes back. He he sees uh, 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 Tina kind of like laying on her side. He's like, "Yeah, buddy, round two. He goes to get her. Then he sees that she's been like, "This is kind of a weird." De- so, like, he used the hedge clippers to stab her in the eyes. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure it done a little bit more damage than what we saw. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it would have just, like, caved in her face, probably. Yeah, but it, and this, it looked like some Italian shit where just, her eyes are just all fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. So, he freaks out, and then he gets uh, trapped on the tree. All right, how did you like the tree scene? Um, I thought it was pretty cool, like where he puts oh. a little thing around his face. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool little kill. Some early saw shit looking there. Yes, yes. So not too bad. So then we got those characters. They're out of there. All right, done. Okay. So now we're. I guess it's like a little later at night, and Reg he wants to to visit his brother, and Pamela is going to bring uh, Reg to his brother. But of course, Pamela is taking forever. She's talking to Matt. And Matt's worried about uh, Tina and Eddie because they're missing. And he's he's actually not 
worried he's actually mad now because he thinks they're all fucking mm-hmm. somewhere. Wish they they were. Wish they were. So now Pam wants to bring Tommy along because you know Tommy is not doing nothing. He's just staring off in the woods. So she wants to try to like help him out by bringing him to go to this uh, meet um, Reg's brother. All right, so they go to a trailer park. All right, and Tommy stays behind <laughs> while Pam and Reg go meets Eddie's. I mean, she goes meets uh, Reggie's brother, De- Demon. Demon. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to take in in this scene. Yeah. So one, <clears throat> you know it's a trailer park because there's a blinking neon sign that says trailer park. Yes. You know how one of those your trailer park? <laughs> like it doesn't have like a name or it's not like, you know, Billy Bob's trailer park or anything like that. There's just a neon sign that just says trailer park. Yeah. Well, come on. Yeah, duh. You don't have... Yeah. Easy. That's where it's at, brother. And then Tommy's staring at it like he's like, why is that sign here? (laughs) (laughs) Why is that sign here? So we meet uh, a demon who looks uh, awfully like Eddie Murphy. Okay. Punk rock version. And you know that we actually uh, seen this uh, actor before. Miguel. Yeah, he was in uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yes. He was in Return of the Living Dead that we did last month, and he was the uh, spider character there. So he's back here, brother. And apparently, he did the uh, apparently he did this movie and Return of the Living Dead kind of like pretty close together. Yeah, um, it, he would. Yeah, he was probably filming Return of the Living Dead when this came out. Yeah, so pretty cool. So now they're talking, and his character was basically, "Hey, do you want some tacos?" Hey, do you want some pizza? Hey, do you want this? Hey, here's here's a little here's a little uh, uh, ring for my brother because there's nothing good for my brother. Hey, look at this hot piece of ass I got over here. She's smoking weed. And then Reg's like, oh yeah, I got one of those too. This is Pam. She's my girlfriend. <laughs> and then he's like, oh yeah, nice. So now Tommy, he's like staring at that sign, right? And you know, I don't blame him because you know those neon line, those neon light signs are pretty uh. They're pretty memorizing. You know, you can stare at them and mm-hmm. stare off to space. But then all of a sudden, Junior shows up. Allison's favorite character of the whole movie shows up. Yeah. He starts saying, he, he's, he's he's on his motorcycle and stuff. He comes off. He starts talking a little bit to, to Tommy. He sees that it's the blue van. He's like, oh, yeah, you're one of those fucking loony k- kids. All right? My mom says she's going to chop you all up and stuff. And he starts pushing him around and eventually Tommy just whips his ass too. Kicks his ass. Alright. Fucking. This guy's like a stone cold like whip ass. Like he should have been on some sort of fight club movie or something. (laughs) (laughs) So Pam sees them tells him hey Tommy what are you doing? Tommy's like oh shit and he just runs away and of course she grabs Reg and they all leave. Alright and then now Eddie I don't know why I call him Eddie, because he reminded me of Eddie Murphy, but Demon now has to take a shit because of the enchiladas. She goes into the enchiladas. Shit, she goes into the shit box. So there's another question I have. Yeah. <clears throat> why in all of these Friday the thirteenth movies is there always an outhouse? Because I mean, it's we're nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Or nineteen ninety in this movie. Did, I mean, did people in Hollywood just think that everybody who lives in the country had like an outhouse? Yeah. Yeah, brother, we don't got no uh, 
you know, sh- like fucking house shit containers. No, brother. All right. It's all about the outhouses. This is a trailer park. All right? <laughs> trailer park. It is. <laughs> so he's in the outhouse, right? And this one, this one is a more fancier one than normal because it's made of tin. You know, it's not wood or nothing. No, it's a nicer one. Yeah. For and sure. what you guys will find, though, there is a lot of scenes that are like mimic from the other movies. Like this one was obviously from number uh, three. Mm-hmm. Where they're shaking the whole place and everything. So the the girl is uh, his, his main girl is shaking the place, and then our boy Demon he gets all pissed like you better stop that bitch. I was like, damn, all right. And then she does a little bit again. And you can hear you can hear her, like scream for a second, and he's all like, you know, hey, where, where are you at and stuff. And then starts shaking again. He's like, I really mean it, this bitch. I'm really gonna get you this time. So he opens the door, sees her dead. Freaks out. Then we got the killer starts stabbing everywhere and eventually stabs him right to the chest. And there it goes, our boy Damon. And he's going to go back on the set of The Return of the Living Dead. And I was just thinking, though, watching this scene, I was like, bro, I bet you that this is how I probably would have got killed in a horror movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get killed in the shitter. Sure. Godly. That's the. That's a deadly spot right there, man. Got- that is. I mean, yeah. that's that's like the worst place to be. But yeah, I would probably. Yeah, I'd survive through the woods, and I'd have to go take a shit, and that's when I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's would have been uh, the fate of most of us men who take good shits, especially at houses. Yeah, after enchiladas. Yes. So now Matt is going to uh, uh, find. He's gonna go look for uh, Tina and Eddie. Okay. So Pam and Reggie show up, and they talk to. Um, Joey, they talked to Robin, they talked to Violet. And everybody's worried about everybody's missing, and they can't find Matt now because he's out there finding the kids, and they can't find um, Reggie's grandpa. So Pam is decided to go look for all of them. She tells Reggie to go to sleep, and she says that, Joey, hey, you are in charge of the, uh, the house, I guess. Um, so, actually, it was not Joey. It was Jake. My bad. Jake was there. Fucking characters all, pretty much all the same. So, yes. so now she leaves. And now, so now JR, the, 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 the guy who's got his ass beat by Tommy, he comes home pissed off. And, <laughs> like, like, that's the only thing about this film. Like, we, do, we barely have, like, almost any kind of, like, character development with these people so jr you know after getting his ass whipped by tommy just comes back home rides his bike around the house and then ethel she's making stew she says hey come in here she can't hear him at all and eventually randomly jr just gets his head chopped off off the bicycle and everything is calmed down Ethel's making her stool and she's like yeah i thought you'd come in for it and then this seems actually pretty cool of jace of the killer who is not Jason yet because we hasn't seen him full body yet, smashes out of the window and chops her right in the fucking head and she falls down in the pan. That oh, scene was actually pretty awesome. cool. I, 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 that yeah, was, that awesome. was a cool one. So even though these are just random, like, like seriously, there's like a shit ton of killings in here. It's like, they are right. Like almost every couple minutes, they've got to see a killing. Yeah. So then we get the, uh, the, the kids and so Pamela's looking for everybody and guess what? 
Guess what? What happened? She has car trouble. Somebody gets killed? Oh, yes. Car trouble. Yeah. Because we had to have car trouble every fucking part of this movie. Does nobody's car work around these fucking movies? Nobody's. No, not around Crystal Lake. Your car will always go bad. So now Jake. All right. He is trying to hit, hit up Robin now. All right. Because he's like, listen. Eddie and T, they got the fuck. That was in their contracts, all right? The violent <laughs> girl, she doesn't match up with anybody. I'll maybe try her later. This Robin girl is free. I've been I've been working on her for eight months. Yeah. All right? And it's time right now for me to tell her my feelings. Okay? Mm-hmm. But Robin, she just wants to watch the movie. All right? So Denise's like, listen. And our boy Jake, he might have a stuttering problem. That's okay. But Jake's like, listen. I want to make love with you right now. Oh, and right then she, now. and our girl starts fucking laughing. I was like, damn, damn, our boy Jake, not getting no piss tonight. And she starts laughing. He gets all mad saying, forget it. He leaves. And then no shit, he's like, well, you know, Violet's in that room. Maybe I'll try with her. <laughs> so yeah, she, goes, well. <laughs> she goes to the, the Violet girl's room. She tells him to get out. I'm listening to my 1980s fucking uh, retro music all right yeah so actually i like this scene because that song yeah. that she's dancing to i like that song a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll get to that we'll get it's there. oh okay oh well she, this is the scene where it has a stock music yeah there, it has a right? stock music at this yeah. part yeah all right and then he leaves the room and he gets chopped by this jason i mean this killer that don't call me jason yet it just this guy it's uh, he might be a tell uh teleporter because this guy just shows up everywhere and he knows where everybody's gonna be at all minutes yeah, it is really odd. Like when we find out at the end, yeah, um, it it is weird how he would just be in all these places. Yeah, he's just there. So he cuts down Jake. There he goes. So now we see the cool scene, okay, of the the band. I can never say their name right, but uh, Pesto Echo, the band she's dancing to. Yeah, the dance- Pseudo Echo. Yeah, Pseudo Echo. Yeah, his eyes. This is a great fucking song. Yeah, this is. I love this song. That yeah. there's a man with no life in his eyes. I yes. love this song. It's, it's a, a great song. It's a great one, bro. I always play it on my Halloween list. All right. Oh, yeah. what's that right now? Am I playing it right now? Uh oh. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I'm starting to do my robot dance. Yeah, do it, brother. Just like in the movie. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah, she's doing like this, like robot dance. All right. While this fucking yeah. song in the background where it's playing right now is playing, and like. I don't know, man. And this song like goes with this whole movie. You yeah. know what I mean? And Especially like the she, lyrics. The actress picked the song. Yeah. Yeah. That's enough of that. But yeah, like she picked this whole movie and she did this whole dance. Like she came up with everything on it. But yeah, so she's doing her little robot dance in here. And, you know, super cool stuff. And that's pretty cool how she picked out everything. Door opens, she looks back, we see Jason, and we actually, I keep saying Jason, well, we know it's Jason, but we don't actually see who the person is yet, and yes. I like it because the music is playing, and you can see, like, his little bloody, uh, uh, um, bloody knife and everything, and then he eventually goes mm-hmm. and picks her up, and he kills her Michael Myers style on the fucking, uh, on the fucking wall. So, during all this stuff, um, Reg wakes up, Okay. And 
Okay, so we didn't talk about this one scene. So Reg gets put to sleep, okay? And Robin, um, she goes upstairs and she's kind of like, you know, a little, she, she takes her uh, shirt off. So we see her tits. And she's talking mm-hmm. to herself a little bit in the mirror, saying like, oh, I kind of fucked that one up with Jake, but oh well. So she goes to sleep. She turns around. She sees dead Jake right beside her. And this is when we get the the uh, Friday the 13th style kills of killing somebody underneath the bed. Yes. Happens a lot. Happens a lot, brother. We've seen it's it in almost every film. Bed. It's weird that they have so many beds that are tall enough that um, you can get under them. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how they were made. For, uh, and still for, not be seen. Yeah. They're, that's how they the bunk beds were made. Back yeah. in the 80s, four big mm-hmm. killers to come up and kill you behind them. So now Reg, now Reg wakes up. All right, I guess lightning or something. He looks around. He's seeing. He, he thinks he hears Tommy, but he doesn't see Tommy. And then he eventually goes into the room, and then all the dead kids that we have killed <clears throat> in this house are all laying. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> gonna make it there in the struggle bus. Whew. I'm all right now. So all these dead kids are on the uh, the the bed, all laid yeah. together. Nicely laid out on this bed. Reg freaks out. He runs. He runs into Pamela. He's like, Pam. He's like freaking out. Pamela just kind of like brushes him off a little bit. He he says, "Hey, go look in there." Pamela looks in there. We see some lightning. She freaks out. They try so, to escape. This, go ahead. A couple of things about this scene that I thought was weird. One, I literally when she was backing away, yeah. I literally thought that she was if she was going to back away and then like say like, "Oh, I didn't see anything." Like what happened to the bodies that were just in there? There's no fit, there's no way you could get them out of there in time. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but now but she's no, on. They did it. Yeah, but she did see him. But like, so what is he doing with all these bodies? Like, is he just carrying them around with him, or like, how does he get all these bodies in that room? And did he just put them in there, or have they been in there a while? Or well, so the su- the the supposed killer because we hasn't we haven't seen yet what he looks like is yeah, super strong is. and he's quick as well. Hmm. So. I guess so. Yes. He's been doing a lot of training for this day. All right. So they're about to escape. And then, of course, now we see who the killer really is. He pops out of the door and it's actually Jason. Yep. But his hockey mask is different. So that's not the only thing that was different, though. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the hockey mask is different because if you look closely, yes, you see the little blue uh, triangles, except for the normal red triangles. Right. All right. And if you see too, his outfit was different as well because he was wearing a Michael Myers jumpsuit compared to wearing his um, jeans and that long uh, green uh, uh, sweat button up shirt. Yeah. So we have two differences over here with this Jason. So he's like, you know, we finally see him appearing and now he's trying to fight everybody. And of course, the Pamela and Reg, they are fucking fast. All right, kind of like our girl Trish from the uh, from the final one. See, they're just fucking mm-hmm. quick. They should have like a marathon with these two people on them. So they run out of the house into the forest. They see a little medical ambulance or an old school one. Very old school. Yeah, very old school. Pop it out. Some dead guy in there. I think it was the guy from earlier that said pussies to everybody. Mm-hmm. They get freaked out. They see Jason again. Uh, Reg just gets out of there. He's like, fuck, bitch. I'm out of here. Pamela's like a little slow. <laughs> so she falls down <laughs> stuff. And then Reg escapes. 
right? And then, um, see, they, they both kind of lose each other, all right? Because the reg is too much of a path, like too, too, too quick. And of course, when, uh, when Pam was walking around the woods, she, she looks over and she sees dead Mike or dead Matt on the tree. Yeah. And his character just died off screen. So we're just like, fuck it. So does that count as yeah, one of the kills? I guess. I guess so, yeah. I mean, we see his body. So, so is it counts. more than 20? I mean, fuck. Oh, I don't so know. Many. I didn't actually count them. So he's dead. So now she, Pam goes back inside the house to try to find Reg. And then out of nowhere, boom, the window cracks up and somebody got flown like every other Friday the 13th we've had. Through the we window. Have, yeah. the window. And it's actually the dead grandpa now. I was like, fuck, they killed the grandpa? Damn. Mm. He's killing everybody in this fucking Nobody's film. safe. So now uh, uh, Jason's in there stalking Pam. We don't see Reggie. He's gone. And we go. We have Pam. She's going towards the barn. Tell me if that sounds familiar. <coughs> Jason 3. All right. So they're, <laughs> they're back at the same. I don't know if it's the same barn. It looked like, kind of like it. But they're at the barn. She's going there. Jason is about to stab her with the machete until Reg comes out on a tractor and tractors down or ro- pushes Jason backwards in the tractor. And they... Go ahead. No, I was going to say that at first I thought it was kind of unbelievable that Reggie would know how to drive the tractor, but he did live here, so maybe he knows how because he lived on the farm. Yeah, yeah, he lived there on the farm with his grandpa and everything, so... So they stare at him. They kind of go up to him. They do a horror movie trait where they like see if he's dead or not. And of course, Jason's mm-hmm. not. Grabs Regfoot, and he eventually escapes. And they go to the barn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, out of nowhere, Jason's like looking around the barn. And everything. You know, this is when we get a really clear shots of how his outfit's a lot different. If you paid attention to the, uh, to. It, so, you know, we had in this movie, we had the dream Jason that Tommy would see. And then we would have this Jason. Yeah. And if you compared the two, they both they both look different. Right, which I think was cool. Yeah. Because, you know, because you, you think of this movie as just being cheap and it has like a cheap ending. But they really did make them different. Yeah. They, and I thought they did a good job on that, too. Like doing all these like subtle hints and everything. Yeah. So now Pam is now, I don't know where she is now fighting this Jason with the chainsaw. All right. Yeah, this is not possible. The, I hated this scene. There is no way that you would be able to hold up a machete to a chainsaw. It yeah. would fly out of your hand. Absolutely would fly out of your hand. So this chainsaw ran out of gas after the little fight. Uh-huh. Of course it did. And she just throws it at him, which I thought was funny. And then she just runs up to the uh, the top of the uh, to the barn. That's where Reg was at. And then out of nowhere, out of the shadows, Tommy shows up, brother. And Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're kind of led to believe that the killer might be Tommy, right? Yeah. I guess, and then yeah. so it, either Pamela or Reggie says Tommy yeah. as if he's talking to the killer, but then Tommy's standing in the doorway where he comes out of nowhere. Yes. So we're like, oh, it's not Tommy. Maybe this is the real Jason. Yeah. And then they and start then staring at each other. Yeah. And then we hear all these um, voices in Tommy's head telling him <laughs> yeah. to remember, remember, remember. I was like, he has been remembering. He's been whipping everybody's ass in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yes, he's never forgotten. I don't yeah. know how he's supposed to remember. Yeah. I was like, okay. 
So, like, he just, like, froze into fear, and this fucking Jason just, like, chops him down. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. So, they're all screaming, hey, Tommy, come up here with us. Come up here with us. And then, eventually, like, so, like, Tommy goes, so, like, after, like, so, Tommy, he gets... Uh, uh, chopped down from Jason. Then he uses the knife, and then he he, he uses his little pocket knife they had from earlier, and he pocket knives Jason's leg, and then he runs up there to the top of the barn. All yeah. Right? So I, I'm thinking it's like, okay, we just saw this Tommy whip these guys' ass, and mm-hmm. now he's like running away from Jason. Like, why didn't he just whip his ass? Right. But I guess maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe because Jason's like he's has some psychological thing with them, so I guess that's the only thing I can think of. Maybe, maybe, or maybe it's strategy. But he's the only person that's ever been able to kill uh, Jason. Yeah. So now the Jason gets back up. He goes on top of the barn. He sees Tommy just laying there. Okay, and then he then he eventually is looking around. He sees Reg, and then he tries to like attack Reg, but he's behind like a. A part part of wood, and then Pam comes mm-hmm. up behind Jason and starts uh uh what is it called like fucking smacking him around with the steel pipe, and then yeah. the camera just shoots to down below, which is just a random bed of spikes that are just there. They're just uh, there. I think they call that a harrow. A harrow, yes. Yeah, you attach it behind a tractor, and um, it it uh. Uh, it's like a tiller, like it 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 yeah. t- churns things up. But anyway, so uh, Jason gets the better of Pam, and then Reg just like knocks him down, and we see Jason kind of falling a little bit. They think everything's okay, but Jason hung at hung on to the edge of the barn, grabs Reg's foot. Tommy wakes up. He gets up. He grabs the machete, chops Jason's hand off, I believe. And then Jason falls with the whole mask falling off of him. It just so happens when you chop somebody's hand from a barn, the the mask that you're wearing falls off. Yes. Okay. Yes. We got all Always. that? Yeah, because that makes sense. So then he falls onto the... What do you call it? Harrow. The harrow. All right. Gets mm-hmm. stabbed. All right. And then we see that it was all a swerve. It wasn't the real Jason at all. It was our fucking Roy guy from earlier. The ambulance driver. The ambulance driver. And not only did he have a new outfit and the Jason mask that he made himself, he also made like a mold around his head too to like give him the whole bald look. That's the only part <laughs> that I don't like. Yeah. So because they had to do that, right? Because if he had hair, we would know it's not Jason. Yeah. He could have just shaved his fucking head. He could have, but then if Roy all of a sudden started showing up bald for no random reason. That's true. He could have worn um, a, a toupee. He could have, right, that's true. He could have worn a toupee. Um, but yeah, and, and then, yeah, so he, uh, he he molded a mask so that he would look like the deformed Jason and fool the audience. Um, and then, but the mask ripped in half and, the, and his hockey mask fell off. And it turns out it's Roy who was doing all the killing. And just like we would have saw in TNA Impact back in the day, we had this mm. big reveal and we just cut to a different scene. Yep. And it's all over. It's we all don't over. talk about it or mention yeah. it ever again. Well, we kind of talk about it. So we see a girl. Well, very little. 
we have the girl filing her nails now because now we have Reg and Pam in the hospital. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Tucker shows up. He's asked how they're doing. Pam's kind of like in shock. He's all like, hey, uh, uh, guess what? Like, we found the uh, Roy's wallet. And apparently, Joey was the son of Roy. All right? And he never told any about th- anybody about this. I guess he never even told Joey at all. Okay? So he, he was always a... Now the Tucker's explaining what Joey was... What uh, um, Roy was. He was a very quiet guy. barely talked to anybody. Okay? And he never brought up a son at all. I guess he never took care of the son. But then when he actually saw his son chopped up into pieces, he went mad. And we also... I guess what? We also found these clippings of Jason Voorhees newspapers as well, too. And he looks like he was trying to use these trauma that he had from a son that he never talked about or cared for, or nothing. And he now used that to kill a bunch of people and blame it on the Jason murders. Yes. So that's the part that I think is weird. Like, I mean, I guess you're right that if he was didn't really have a lot of contact with his son, then maybe maybe it would be a little different. But I just feel like his reaction to seeing his son murdered like that would be different. Yeah, so he like he just kind of no sold the whole thing. Well, it was weird because like, so he knew he knew who his son was, and he had a picture yeah. of his son at a, at the and, age and that he wallet. died in his wallet. Yeah. But he never tried to talk to him maybe or help him out any like, like, okay. But then yeah. when he saw him it's dead, he's weird. like, oh well, fuck. The, the, the society should be I should be pissed off at society now for a son that I didn't take care of at all. Little, little, little yeah, far-fetched right. what they were doing over here, but you know, yes. okay. And I thought, I you know, you know what I thought it would have been better. All right, was we just had a random cult of Jason lovers, you know what I mean? Of people who were who you know they, you know maybe maybe he, maybe the the Roy guy you know he. He knew his son, but he he knew he was not Roy was not mentally capable of taking care of him. Okay, mm-hmm. but then when he saw his son dead and he was already part of this Jason cult, he's like, "Well, fuck! I'll just use that towards uh, my my anger at these kids, something like that." But yeah, like it could have that it could have been better. But I mean, this is but the idea originally was that every movie from now on was going to have a different killer, right? Yeah, that's originally what they wanted to do. Yeah, so. Yeah, like we were talking about on the Hoop Book, this shit. So basically, what they want to do is they wanted to revamp the new series. Obviously, it's called a new, you know, a new beginning. A new beginning. And yeah. the 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 way they kind of wanted to bring it back to how Friday the Thirteenth was supposed to be, where was yeah. it's going to be just a, a random story on Friday the Thirteenth, you know, that there would be like a new killer every movie, all right? But because this movie wasn't booked that well, they basically didn't get a lot of praise there was a lot of criticism for this movie so that's why you know the next one we're going to talk about is that we got to bring jason back brother he's the star back he's the draw brother so yep he's a he's the the, he's the uh yeah the draw he's the top he's the top baby the top not the baby face top heel main event main event brother but um but there's more yeah so there's more than no, the movie. Well, I was going to say this movie, yeah. I, there is, there is more than the movie, but I was going to say that this movie is made more like the first movie where you don't know who the killer is and it's yeah. more like a murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Just not made as well. 
Yeah, you got it. Like I said, I mean, it really was a new beginning because they were trying to revamp the series to take it into yep. a different direction so they can keep it going. Okay. And th- this, this, will, the scene I'm going to talk about will, will, will mirror that as well because we have Tommy, Pam visited Tommy in his room. Okay. And they're staring at each other like they're about to go fuck. I was like, okay, where did this come up? And then out of nowhere, uh, Tommy just stabs her with a knife and starts laughing. And then he wakes up from a dream. Okay. Yep. So this one ends with a dream again. Well, hold on. No, no we're not done yet. So no, he wakes we're not, up. Right. No. We're, we're not done yet. So he sure. wakes up. He's all dreaming, and I guess he's like freaking out. So he gets up out of the bed, and I don't know how this is possible. Okay, but somehow Tommy collected the killer's replica Jason mask, and he has it with him. Okay. Well, wait a minute. He sees Jason though. Yeah, he sees Jason, and that one disappears in his dream. In his dream. Yeah, and then he gets, um, and then he gets to the uh, to this drawer, and he stolen evidence of the yes. killer Jason mask. Like they weren't fucking yeah, gonna. I don't know how he even got it into his drawer <laughs> in the hospital when he was passed. Yeah, why out. would they? Why would they allow him to have that in the hospital? This bloody jason mask like, even if it was okay we get it it's not the original jason mask but it's still a crime scene evidence and he <laughs> just randomly has it in his fucking hospital drawer yes <laughs> where they're just like hey we don't need that here time you want to keep this this might help you with your scars and and nobody notices the nurses don't notice that he yeah. has it in the drawer or anything apparently and so he puts it on, I guess. Pam comes into the, house, the the room to check on him in real time. And now Tommy is behind her with the, with the mask trying to st- stab her. And then that's how we end the movie. Well, we hear the window break. Remember, we yeah, think the, Tommy yeah, jumped out yeah, the window. Yeah, that's right. The fake <clears throat> window break. And now he's behind her. Yeah. And he's about to stab her. Yeah. And I'm like... So now, <laughs> was, the set, was the next movie originally going to be Tommy was the murderer? I guess. But... So, what, what what I'm guessing here is, yes, I think they were going to go with the theory that Tommy is eventually going to be turned full circle into the actual killer, and that's what the next yeah. movie is probably going to be about, until this one got bad uh, reviews and stuff, and they're just like, okay, well, we'll just bring the motherfucker back. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... <sighs> I mean, this movie is good, but the ending is pretty bad. I don't like the ending at all. Yeah. Um, it should have just ended like where they killed the killer and then found out that, oh, this is Roy. He must have gone insane because he saw his son chopped up and then that would have been the end of it. Yeah, something like that. But, you know, like every almost every horror movie at this time, we had to have a cliffhanger, brother. Even if the cliffhanger has nothing to do with what's coming up next. So, But everybody, mm-hmm. that has been Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning, here for our first review of October and boy, we have a shit ton of stuff we're gonna be doing in October, brother. So yeah, it's just, we're just getting started. Really, we're just getting started, man. So the schedule for this month is insane. All right. So obviously next week we're gonna be doing Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives. He's back. The real Jason from the grave is back. And the way he comes back is uh pretty hilarious. But those ones oh, should yeah. be pretty fun well, to talk about. Of course, we have the. This- uh, the new blood coming up coming up yeah and we have jason in Ma- manhattan ooh that's going to well. be a special one it's going to be a crazy one that is going to be a special one i got a lot i got a special 
I got a special special for that one. Yeah. And of course, you know, this month, like we always do, we are going to be doing a special Lights Out for all you wrestling fans out there. Because last year we did yep. the Battle of the Halloween Havocs. We did 1998 and 1992. And this mm. year... And we tied. We tied, actually, which is crazy. Yeah. This no year, way. this year, I don't believe time so. Time limit draw. But, yeah, time limit draw. <laughs> Double count out, brother. <laughs> but this <laughs> year, I have challenged Allison yep. to watch and to debate the 1999 Halloween Havoc, brother. Full Vince Russo era. It's going to be great. And you have done which one? 1994. So he has challenged me to 94. I challenged him to 99. Which will win at these Battle of the Halloween Havocs? Can't wait to do that. We we will see. And that one will we pro- will see. And that one will probably be released on the 24th. And just to let you guys know, since we did the whole Friday the 13th series and we've done the whole Nightmare on Elm Street series in the archives, we will be coming back for a special Lights Out Halloween episode. Was will drop on Halloween talking Freddy versus Jason. That'll be something else. And of course, the Retro Blood before Halloween, the 29th, is going to be our special Retro Blood Halloween episode, which that one I'm going to keep a mystery from you guys because it is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. But Allison, that's enough. Oh, by the way, YouTube, I'll have a bunch of Retro Blood shorts on there, bites on there. Join us on the Facebook, the Instagram, like all that stuff. All the links to all that is below on the podcast um, description page. So click those links on there, follow us, give us a review, tell us how we're doing. We always like to hear from everybody. But Allison, what Slayer song are we going to get on a, here on? Let's go out of here with uh, Necrophilia. Oh. I think it fits this movie pretty well. It I definitely mean, does, sure. brother. Yeah, Roy's next step was going to be fucking some dead people, I'm sure. So well, let's do it. Got here with Necrophilia. We don't know if he fucked that Tina girl. We don't know. He could have. Yeah, mm-hmm. he should have. Probably. I mean, like, I mean, fuck. I mean, she was there naked. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and she only had eye damage. She only had eye damage, brother. Not of the other one. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Let's <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> All right, buddy. This is Jay Allison, James Pine. We will see you guys. See you guys. In my mind, the horror lives. The kids can't deep inside. Relentless loss of a rotting flesh. The dice to lose their lives. TV horror, Satan trap. Happy that show demise. But you down the dream of life. Your soul cannot be free. Not given the chance to rot in hell. Go in deep, the 
Lose your protection, my dark soul. 